Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm sorry that I missed you last week. We kind of had to do a rerun because I was sick all week. My goodness, I don't know what is going around, but it was not fun. So thank the Lord. I feel much better this week. And we are going to resume our series here on dating is hard to do and dating in the 21st century and how we do that and how much has changed since maybe we grew up. We have a lot of people that are now dating that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s that really is is pretty new in our culture. And so there's a lot of different ways we go about doing it. Some ways may be helpful, some might not be so helpful. And so today's show, we are going to talk about this idea of relationship readiness and are you ready for a relationship? So when you go out and begin to date or, or consider dating or maybe you're already dating and you're already kind of out there figuring it out, how do you know if you're really ready for a relationship? I mean, what kind of relationship preparation do we get from the world? Really think about that because even if we are Christians and we adhere to that, that construct, we are very, very affected by the media and by the world around us and our friends and our, our coworkers and what we see other people doing. And what kind of information do we get from the world about being prepared? And how maybe are unbelievers prepared? How are they set up for this? And how are they ready for relationship? And is there a difference in, in whether or not you are a believer or an unbeliever? And so the other area that we, we get also from our family, what does our family tell us about relationship? What, what did we learn growing up from our family? And from television, from the media. I know that I'm dating myself, and I am actually, I have to tell you, very thankful for when I grew up. Because I, I really grew up with, you know, the Partridge family, which was very, you know, progressive at that time. A single mom in a rock band, my goodness. And, you know, the Brady Bunch and uh, Bonanza, you know, Big Valley, all these types of shows that, that I watched a lot. And so the media was very different in terms of what it was revealing about the reality of relationship. It was really setting up a false idea of what relationships were about. It was, it was showing that they were much easier than they were. It was showing they were much more simpler than they really are. But in some ways, it, it gave a great protection while I was a youth to really have this idea and a vision for maybe what I wanted relationships to be like. So I want you to think about what is the foundation that's currently laid for you to start and to maintain a relationship. And so we know that some of what the world tells us is that, you know, if you get your heart broken and, and you, you break up with someone, well, you just got to get right back out there. The best cure is to go out there and just feel those good feelings again and have somebody want you again and, and be attracted to you, and that'll just fix the heartache. 
you know, and we do know that that can be a healing balm. I mean, it certainly feels good to to feel like someone wants you again and that you're not rejected or that maybe there is a possibility for love out there. The problem is that's not what relationships are truly going to be founded on and, and are going to cause that relationship to continue. So we wanted to find out what got us hurt in the first place. What, how did that relationship fall apart? How did it not happen? Or how, how, did, how did I maybe bring some ingredients into that relationship that caused its demise? Or how did I maybe pick inappropriately? Well, maybe I was with someone that I continued to overlook all kinds of red flags I should have been paying attention to. Or maybe there were yellow flags and I wanted to just ignore those as well and it all of a sudden became a red flag and I didn't know what to do with it and was in too deep. And so it was feeling impossible to get out of, so I just was trying to make it work. So I want you to think about what, what was the biggest mistakes that you made in previous relationships or any relationship attempt? So what, what were some of the biggest mistakes that you made? And I will tell you the truth. The healthiest people, the safest people, the most successful people are the ones that are not afraid of mistakes, that they realize that the only way to learn is by making mistakes. And so it's very, very important that you look at those mistakes that you have made with no fear, that you just say, you know, God, it's okay if I'm human. And humans make mistakes, and humans have to learn. And so even if it was really obvious to everybody around me, I still have a learning process that I need not be ashamed of. I still have to figure out my own journey, my own way, my own story. And so we want to be really kind and compassionate with ourselves as we face maybe some of the mistakes that we made. When we were trying to make it work or trying to do it right, or maybe we were being egotistical or arrogant or prideful or selfish, maybe we were being needy, maybe we were overlooking character flaws in, in them because we didn't want to face our own, Maybe we were just hoping that this would fix a whole bunch of things in my life that I didn't want to fix. And so I need to look at those mistakes. Maybe I went too soon. Maybe I became sexual much too soon in the relationship and, far, and certainly outside of marriage. Maybe I have to look at that mistake. Maybe I was unfaithful to somebody. Maybe I wanted to go too fast and I didn't recognize what was right in front of me. Or maybe I was projecting onto that person problems that I was having. And so it's important that I look at what are some of those mistakes. Do I have a mistake with forgiveness? Do I get caught up in the real minor things? And so I major in the minors and not in the majors. And so the major problems were there that I ignored and I focused all on the minor issues. Maybe I have boundary issues that I just didn't want to take care of or didn't want, to, uh, didn't want to admit to. Or maybe I have some family of origin issues that started cropping up. The deeper I got into that relationship, the more I started understanding how my family is and I started acting more and more like my family. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's as simple as it wasn't a good match and I didn't want to admit to that. And so I needed to really understand and accept that I can't make it work with everyone. And I'm, I'm telling people frequently all the time, I'm saying, you know, if, if you don't break up, you get married. So you have to break up, you know, to find the person that you're supposed to be with. You can't be with everybody. And so it's important that we let those relationships that need to end, end, and we end them well, and we understand that we can't make it work with everyone. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. 
It means that the complexity of marriage and a long-term relationship is very, is very complex. And it can't just be with everybody. And so there is that feeling that there's that only one person. I mean, there are millions of people on this planet. But you really can't make it work with everyone. It is going to be a selective few. And the sooner that you become more of who God has called you to be and really understand who you are, accept who you are, like who you are, take good care of you, the better you're going to be able to find that good match for you. So you want to ask yourself, what's the model that I'm using to build relationships on? Who, who am I emulating, maybe consciously or unconsciously? And how do I make sure that I'm using God's model for relationship. So most single Christians, right, they would say that they're ready, quote-unquote ready for relationship. And what you want to understand is that just because we're hoping or looking forward to someone doesn't mean that we're necessarily ready or prepared. And so we want to really look at some major characteristics that might determine whether or not we're ready for a relationship. And so if you think you're ready for a relationship, you might want to ask yourself, what happened with my last partner? That's the first place to start, is where I was. So what was going on in that relationship? What were the things that I needed to change? What was I not willing to address? What were the things that went wrong? What did I learn from that? Have I forgiven? Have I accepted what occurred so that I don't take that with me into the next relationship and expect that next person to fix all of those things. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many of you have bought a used car? And you're really hoping that when you buy that car, all the repairs they said were done, were done. You're really hoping that the car that they are purporting to be selling to you was actually the car. And this is why we have all these new services that, you know, are our car history and all these different things and pre-owned, certified, because we want to know what we're, what we're getting because we all understand that we are used cars in some ways. And I know that sounds like a derogatory term, but we've all traveled in our life. And so there are repairs that we need to be doing in our life. There are things that we need to modify and adjust that just living on this planet does to us. It wears on us. It wears us down. And maybe, we've, maybe just like a car, it's had some accidents and there needed to be some repair work. And so you want to ask yourself, Am I just doing a really good paint job and hoping they don't find out it's not really working inside? Or am I really willing to do the repair work that I need to do to make sure that I'm in good running order when I attempt a relationship with another human? Because this can be, you, you know what I'm talking about, it can be quite a wild ride when you are out there dating and really looking for a partner. And our hearts as humans, we are very tender-hearted. Even, even if we don't want to admit, our hearts can be easily broken. And so even though they may be fragile, they are still very resilient. But we want to protect our heart. We want to guard our heart. And we want to make sure that we understand what's not working when we go into a relationship so that we don't get mixed up between is it them or is it me? Am I messing it up? Are they messing it up? Are we doing it together? So that we have a really clear understanding of who we are in the relationship. And that's all about relationship readiness. How ready am I? Where am I at in my own life? How do I feel about me? 
where's my relationship with God? Is my relationship with God all about the partner that he's going to give me? Or am I actually really knowing Jesus, knowing God, so that I can know who he might want me to be with? Because it ultimately comes down to trust, that we need to trust that God has a partner for us and that he is very capable of bringing that person. And so we want to be ready. We want to be ready when that person shows up because we're going to have enough issues just being human to work on without having to have a whole bunch of other things that come with it. So we want to make sure that we're doing the best we can for relationship readiness. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we look at all these different categories and areas of readiness. Joining me again, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I always want to encourage you to visit my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and to like me on Facebook, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., and that's I-N-C for Incorporated. So on the Facebook page, there's a lot of devotionals and insights and encouragements throughout the day that you can get, and there's also um, going to be um, showing you where I'm speaking or singing, and certainly if you have a group that you would like to have a keynote speaker for, I love to do that. So again, visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. So we are looking at relationship readiness today in our series on Dating is Hard to Do. And we just finished that last segment really talking about what does relationship readiness mean and making sure that we are taking care of our own business and understanding when we are really ready. Now, you know, I say this, this is kind of a relative term because I don't know if any of us are actually ready for a relationship. It's like being ready to have children or something. You know, humans are, they're, they're, it's a big deal to take on, on humans. It's a very worthy endeavor, an admirable endeavor. Relationships are phenomenal in helping us be who God has created us to be. And we're also relational in just our hardwiring. So there, there really isn't any way to avoid relationship. So I want to encourage you again to look at the website because I have the podcast for the last uh, four that we have done on, on the whole issue of dating. So as we look at this relationship area and these different categories, I want to start with this first one. And I want you to ask yourself, how, what, what does emotional stability look like to me? How emotionally stable am I? What, what would be an indicator of readiness what would be an indicator of non-readiness? And so we might just look at something as, as simple as my heart is still broken over my last relationship or I'm still furious at what was done to me in my last relationship or I'm, I'm still feeling so rejected that if I even think about the person, if I even run into them, my, my heart sinks to my stomach, I get an adrenaline rush, these types of things. This, this would be, you know, maybe there's not stability in that area. But if we look at emotional stability across the board, we want to ask ourselves, how well do I manage my own emotions? Because I can, I can have pretty good self-control. I can have pretty good uh, emotional stability if nothing on the outside world bothers me. So I want to make sure that I'm able to handle what comes at me in life and how emotionally stable am I. 
How personally do I take things? How fragile am I? How high maintenance am I? How willing am I to share emotions? How deeply am I willing to feel my feelings? Or things like, do I know what I'm feeling? And so one of the shows that I did was on um, emotional management and managing emotions. And we talked about these four realms of emotions that humans have, and that is sad, mad, glad, scared. And if you're confused, it's usually because you're feeling a combination of all four of those. So many times it helps if you just ask yourself, am I sad right now? And sad means hurt, disappointed, despair, these types of, these types of things, rejected, despondent. Am I sad? Am I mad? And then the mad arena is all the way from mildly irritated to completely enraged, infuriated, livid. So where am I if, if I'm mad? Maybe I'm mad and sad at the same time. And then I have scared. Well, what's in that scared realm? Well, that would be feelings like anxiety, excitement, uh, nervousness, upset, uh, tearfulness I might have if I'm scared. Uh, I, might, I might be feeling like I'm frozen, I can't move. Those types of, of, you know, it's the worry, it's the trepidation, uh, the ruminating. This would be in that scared arena. And then we all know what it feels like to feel glad. For the most part, we all know what that feels like. And that's, you know, we're happy, joyous, content, free, um, feeling good, hopeful about our life. And so you want to look at this area of emotional stability. Am I overly emotional? Am I unwilling to feel emotions? Am I willing to connect with people emotionally? Do I get overwhelmed by others' emotions? Do I take other people's emotions personally? So let's look at this next one. What about our self-worth quotient? Self-worth, self-esteem. And how do I feel about me? And how well am I able to manage when other people don't feel so great about me? What's, this is, when we look at self-esteem, self-worth, self-value, uh, self-concept, this, this whole arena, we're kind of looking at what we call ego strength. And, and I know this is going to sound odd to many of you, but when we look at the life of Christ, we, we understand that Jesus had tremendous ego strength. And what it means when someone has a strong ego, it does, we're not talking about egocentric or egotistical. We're not talking about immaturity and self-centeredness. We're talking about an ego that is very aware of who they are. They understand weaknesses, they understand strengths, they're able to manage criticism, they're able to take rejection and, and not personalize it or, or lash out. So someone with good ego strength can handle the adult world and, and all that comes with it can handle failure, can handle success without it changing who they are. And so you want to think about, well, what, what's up with my self-worth, my self-esteem? How do I feel about me? How much, how, how much do I care about me? Do I take care of me? And so when you look at the life of Christ, you see how well he was able to maintain the vision of why God sent him, despite how popular he was one day versus how hated he was the next day. So he's got tons of friends that are so supportive of him, and then he has his friends that abandon him. And so... Through that whole process, he continued to maintain who he was and acted appropriately. And so that's what we're looking at when we say, where am I at with self-worth, self-esteem? How affected am I by the world around me as to how I view myself? And so how susceptible am I 
when I'm out there dating to somebody liking me or not liking me? If somebody doesn't like me, does it make me want to pursue it even more, even if I don't like them? Because I just want to be liked by them. I can't stand someone not wanting to be with me. What happens if someone wants me to betray my own value system? Do I have strong enough ego to say, I'm not comfortable with that? And, and risk that that may end the relationship or may put an end to the possibility of that relationship. Am I willing to be alone to be me? And this is a really, really important concept when you consider being in a, a primary, long-term married relationship, that you have to be able to be alone first. You have to say, I would rather be alone than be in a bad relationship. So I have enough ego strength to do my own life by myself if that's what it requires to be the best person that God has called me to be. And that's a tough call. That is, a, that is hard to do. And that takes a lot of time relating with yourself, relating with God, and creating that real solid place inside of you so that when you go to enter into a relationship with another adult, you really have personhood to offer them, if that makes sense. There's actually a person there to be in that relationship versus I'm going to be who you want me to be. I'm going to be whoever you need me to be. And I will morph and change so that I don't get rejected, abandoned and hurt by you. So it's really imperative that we look at this emotional stability quotient and then this self-worth, self-esteem part of us. That doesn't mean that being with the right person also helps us to work on those two areas. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue with the series on dating. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. And this is Cynthia Hyatt. And we are finishing almost this show on relationship readiness in our series on dating is hard to do. So I want to encourage you again to visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that has all the podcasts of the previous shows that I've done, especially on this particular series. It also has other shows that that support the whole um, idea of relationships and doing relationships well. So let's get right back in, and we're doing this whole part of relationship readiness, and we're looking at these different categories and arenas that maybe we need to take some time and look at when we are determining whether or not we are really ready for a relationship. And I do want you to understand that as we go through this process and you look at all these areas and and hear some of the things I'm saying, you're probably going to feel very unready for relationships. So I don't want you to be discouraged by that because actually that's that's probably a really good place to be, to really just say, wow, I really need to, to work on some stuff and to really understand that one of the nice things that God affords us with relationship is people to do it with. And so it doesn't mean that we go and be a monk for the next, you know, 20 years to try to get ourselves ready for a relationship, that what we want to do is we want to really be aware of where we are on that continuum. So if I've just left a relationship, then I might want to say to myself, you know what, on that continuum of emotional stability and self-worth, and this next one we're going to talk about, which is what I have a tendency to talk about in conversation, 
I might not be ready to really be dating because I might be too fragile. I might be too self-absorbed. I may be too angry. And I may be talking too much about what happened to me. And so it's important that we don't beat ourselves up for that, that we use this as a gauge to say, how ready am I and, and for what type of, of relationship? So let's look at this whole idea of conversation. Relationship readiness helps me when I look at what, what do I like talking about right now in my life? Where am I in my life? Because a lot of what I want to talk about has a lot to do with who I am. So if I'm talking about things that I'm discovering, areas that I'm growing in, um, different things that I'm learning, that, that probably is a person that is more relationship ready than someone that wants to take every moment of the conversation to talk about how wrong they were done or how much they hate men or how they, they can't stand women and women are all alike and they all do the same thing. And so it's important that I listen to myself. What do I talk about? Do I talk a lot about me in terms of how bad I feel about me, uh, how much I don't like me, how discouraged I am, how many things I need to change. What do I talk about? Do I talk about all my last relationships? Do I talk about all the things that I wish that I could do that I'm not doing? Do I talk about all, all these different uh, various and sundry problems? Or do I talk about really glib, shallow things because I don't know how to talk about deeper things? So you want to really listen to what is my conversation what is my tone? What are the words that I choose? Because that truly is a lot of where our heart is at. So this next one, we want to look at personal appearance. And this, this is, some of this is a gender issue as well. And it's really important that I look at how am I taking care of me? Because when we, when we and I, I did a show, um, I, think it's talked, I think the title is What's Love Got to Do With It? And we really talk a lot about self-care and that I need to care for who God cares about. And that when I get into an adult relationship, I have to be very careful that I'm not bringing that little kid, that inner child part of me and going, oh, now someone will take care of me. Someone cares about me. That I really am on top of my own personal needs, my own personal health needs, taking care of myself in terms of whatever that may be, whatever clothing I'm, I'm buying, um, whatever things I'm eating, if I'm exercising, what I'm filling my mind with, these types of things that are self-care. I also want to be very aware, especially in our culture today, of how much I am feeling compelled to look worldly in order to attract someone. And so, I, listen, my undergraduate degree is in fashion, so I'm a big fashionista. I love love shoes, handbags, clothing, love it. And so I'm always very sure about certainly my appearance and my presentation. But I want to make sure that that reflects really who I am and not who I think the culture is requiring me to be. And then in the inverse, I'm not going to do a rebellious act, which is more adolescent, and I'm not going to take care of myself at all. You just have to love me for the way that I am. So I'm not going to do my hair. I'm not going to you know, dress up. I'm just going to show up, and you just have to take me the way that I am. So we really want to be looking at what am I presenting to the world because a lot of how I put myself together that is intended to reflect who I am. Not who I think I'm supposed to be, should be, could be, would be, ought to be, but who I really truly am. Because that's the thing that I'm going to be able to do continuously in a long-term relationship. So thank you for joining me. We're going to do one more segment. We're going to finish up all these different arenas on relationship readiness. 
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and we are finishing up this hour on our series on Dating is Hard to Do. And today, we have been talking about relationship readiness. So I want to encourage you again to uh, visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And again, that's spelled the way it sounds. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And all the podcasts for these shows are on the website. And there's a couple of videos that you might want to watch as well. Um, And there are different just devotional things. If you look on my Facebook page, there's a Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. So we left off on this whole idea of personal appearance. And personal appearance, what we do know is that they make impressions. And it doesn't mean that we want to try to be somebody that we're not. It doesn't mean that we want to be over-focused on our appearance. Because many times we have people that only work on the outside. They don't work on the inside. And it takes only a couple of dates or time spent with them to realize that what you see on the outside really isn't what's on the inside. So you want to really work on congruency. Relationship readiness is, you know, I I can certainly have variation of maybe what I look like when I wake up in the morning, what I look like when I go out um, during the day. But I want to make sure that whatever that style is, that there's, there's not a huge, big gradation. So that I pretty much am who I am and that my style or the, my self-care is a constant. So that if I have physical issues, that I'm working on those. It doesn't mean that I have to be perfect. We're not trying to, you know, be a Victoria's Secret model or, or look like an NFL football player. If, they, if you are, awesome. But we're not trying to strive for that. We're trying to strive for the best version of you how God has created you. And you want to really understand that God picked the body that you have to reflect your soul. That's the body that he picked. Now, I don't always understand why he does what he does. And that comes down to our relationship with God about accepting his creation and that we are created beings and he created us and he has a plan. So I want to do the best I can and do with who he made and what he made. And so I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my physicality and that I'm being responsible with that, just like I would if I had a child. Now, we all know that people have pets, and some people take so much better care of their pets, it's ridiculous. They don't take care of themselves. Or they take care of their pets in a way that they wish they would be taken care of. And so it's really important when we look at relationship readiness and we understand this idea of personal appearance, what God is really asking us to do, and that is simply to be the best version of ourselves. And so then we want to look at the whole idea of, again, previous relationships. Where am I in terms of emotional baggage? And do I have all kinds of baggage that I'm bringing with me into that current relationship, hoping that that's going to undo it all and fix it all, and that I will magically not have any of those problems ever again, and they will fix all of that hurt and woundedness that happened to me. What I really, and we go back to that, that, you know, analogy of a car and, and we all have bought used cards and, and we want to make sure that what we're buying is actually what's being presented. And so we want to make sure that, wow, we're not just painting the outside and making it look good, that we actually have done the repair work that we need to do to go the next lap of our life. So we want to look at another um, arena, career. Where are we at in our careers? Are we in between? Are we in a career we hate? Are we wanting to change careers? How stable is my career? 
because this has a lot to do with relationship readiness. Careers take up the majority of our life. So whatever it is that we do for a living or don't do is going to tremendously affect the relationship that we're in. So again, that doesn't mean that we're trying to be completely 100% ready to go because there's not going to be a person on the planet that's, that's there. So what we're doing is understanding where we're at. So if in my career I'm in between, then it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be attractive to somebody. What's attractive to somebody is if I'm growing, changing, figuring it out, have energy to do it, and working on getting whatever it is that God has called me to do together, and that I'm willing to grow and change. And that in the midst of maybe career upset, I am still being responsible with my life. And so if I need to go get some uh, executive coaching, if I need to get life coaching, any type of therapy, whatever that is that helps me to get to that next place in my life I'm doing, that causes you to be a very attractive person, very safe person. What happens if my career uh, is overtaking me? Do I struggle with workaholism? Because that's going to directly affect any relationship that I have. And so I have to really understand where am I with my, my career and, and what I do for a living. And that leads to financial responsibility and savings. Where am I? Am I an adult with my money? And it's really imperative that we look at that, that we don't go into a relationship expecting to be taken care of, that we're just a little kid and they'll just figure it out. And that goes for both men and women. That, that if you're a man, that you don't just assume that I'll just marry a woman and, and she'll do all the finances for me and she'll figure all that out and she'll pay all the bills and she'll make sure that we have all the savings we need and I'll just go do my job. That you have an understanding of finances. Now, I, I, I'll tell you the truth. That is not one of my strong suits. But it doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible and uneducated in it. I'm not going to ever be one of those people that knows how to do all of that. And I have people that I hire to help me with the things that are not my strengths. So it's not about whether or not I'm good at it. It's about whether or not I'm willing to take responsibility for my own finances and how I do that. So we also want to look at this whole idea of neediness and loneliness. So if you've been single for a very, very long time, I know that can become very, very discouraging. And you can start to question your relationship with God. You can start to question if you're even worth being in relationship with. What is wrong with me? Why isn't it happening for me? Maybe you've never been married and you're in your 40s. Maybe you've been married four times and you can't believe it. Maybe you've lived with somebody for 10 years and it's falling apart. So you want to ask yourself, what's going on with me and I need to get some of the emotional healing that I need so that I don't go into a relationship with a deficit to that degree and to make sure that you're not taking that personally that you're not just assuming that you're not worth relationship because none of that is true that would be a lie straight from the pit of hell but we need to look at our neediness we need to look at our loneliness am I being a grown-up am I willing to meet my own needs Am I willing to do relationship with myself and with God first and always maintain those and then really enjoy relationships outside of me? So the next show that we're going to do is all about relationship with self, with God, self-care, and how to make sure that I am really being that grown-up adult, which truthfully, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. None of us really want to do it. 
but it makes relationships so much less complicated, so much more fulfilling, and so much more enjoyable when adults show up to do adult relationships. So we want to be really aware of any of those types of issues. Do I struggle with any types of clinical things? Am I depressed? Do I have an anxiety issue? Um, Do I have compulsive issues? Do I have addictive problems? And that we are never to shame ourselves for any of those. We are to realize that this is part of the human condition. What we want to be doing is being an adult about it and saying to God, you know, I need to face this. I can't just pretend like it's not happening and hope that the person that I'm with doesn't notice or that maybe being thinking that maybe being in the relationship is the idea that will fix all those problems. Now, being in a supportive relationship can be very helpful in healing from any of those clinical issues, but they can't be the source of the healing. So it's important and and imperative that I'm, again, the adult in my own life saying, I need to get a handle on my own depression. I need to get a handle on my anxiety. Where is that coming from? I need to get a handle on this compulsivity, this overeating, this undereating, this workaholism. Am I struggling with gambling? Do, am I doing you know, too much pornography? Am I, on, am I struggling with pornography? Am I, uh, do I have issues with, with alcohol? Do I have issues with, with, with drugs? What, what's going with narcotics? What's happening in my life? And what do I need to do to get that in order so that I can be who God has called me to be? Because this is not a shame issue of I'm this big, terrible, horrible, bad person. Nobody would want me because I have a problem. That's what the enemy would love to tell us. Instead of understanding that all of us have sinned and continue to sin, and all of us fall short, and all of us are needing a Savior. And so we really want to be adult about it and, and realistic about it. Say, you know what? This, isn't, this doesn't cause me to go to hell this is just a condition of living in a fallen body, in a fallen culture, and, and I had to deal with my own self. And so we want to really look at that objectively when we are thinking about dating and being in a long-term relationship. And so when you're kind of doing this personal checklist, you want to ask yourself, do I know what I want? Do I have a clear vision for my own life and for relationship? Can I envision a life that I would choose? That's if God would ask my opinion, of course. And so I I present my life and my ideal, my vision to God. And I say, God, your will be done. I still, I really want the life that you've designed for me. Here's the one I'm thinking of. How close am I to what you're thinking of? And how willing am I to let go of my way and let it be God's way? And so what what are those those ideals or those those ideas, those expectations that I might have? And we want to be honest with ourselves because we bring those into a relationship, and if we're not aware of them, it causes dissension in the relationship. It causes resentments. It causes judgment. Causes, causes criticism. All kinds of things come when I'm not um, conscious about the expectations or vision or hopes or dreams that I have. And so I want to know what my requirements are. What, what are my majors? What are my non-negotiables in a relationship? So that no matter how much I might love that person, it may be that there's a, there's a variable in that relationship that will not work. And I, I, I can't tell you how many times I have to tell clients, you can fall in love with an abusive person. You can fall in love with a quote-unquote bad person. It, the heart, the heart doesn't, doesn't think logically. So just because I'm in love with somebody 
just because I fell in love with somebody, just because I feel all those loving feelings does not mean that I should stay in that relationship or be with that person. So the non-negotiables are imperative to guide me as to how connected and how attached I become to people. I don't want to be highly connected and highly attached to people that have a value system that is completely divergent from my own. So it's really important. I, I, you know, I, I like to remind people that God gave us a head and a heart for a reason. He gave us a head, you know, because if we only had a head, we'd never be in relationship with anybody. If we only had a heart, we'd never leave a relationship. So we have them to work together to help us to understand what is appropriate expectations, what are my hopes, where will I compromise, what are non-negotiables. And I have to ask myself, can I be happy and successful being single? The, mo- the healthiest people, the best partners, are the ones that understand how to be single and do it well. That doesn't mean that if I do it well, God's going to say, well, she accomplished that, I'll leave her single. What we want to do is we want to do the best we can with where we're at in our life at any given moment. So if I'm single today, I need to do the best version of me single. I need to learn how to be happy, fulfilled, and relevant as a single person. And I can tell you the truth. I know what that feels like. I was single the majority of my adult life, actually. So I know what it means to have to be single in this world and as a woman to be single. So I have to to work on being satisfied with my work and my career. And if I'm not, what do I need to do to change that? And then I want to really, again, assess, am I healthy in mind, body, and spirit? Where am I with that? And looking at, again, where am I financially? So I hope this was helpful for you. I want to encourage you this week. Join me again next week. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.